St. Louis Public Radio's The Gateway gives you the day's news first thing every weekday morning. From the ever-evolving relationship between St. Louis City and County to developments in the Missouri and Illinois state capitals and reports from our correspondents in Rolla and the Metro East. We put it all in a roughly 10-minute package with clarity and context. Download The Gateway wherever you get podcasts. I started playing when I was three, um, and it actually came out of trying to do something better than my brother because he he had just started playing and then he quit. And so I went and was like, hey, this could be something that I could do better than him. So I sort of took that over and and started playing, and then I was like, this could be the thing that I do. That's Owen Ragland, a St. Louis-based pianist, producer, and band leader. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, and this is Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast. My co-host, Nancy Fowler, is out this week. Owen Ragland has a ton of stuff going on right now. This past year, he wrote, produced, and self-released his debut album. He became one of the inaugural group of musicians and residents at Kranzberg Arts Foundation and holds down a monthly residency at the Dark Room. And he'll make his first appearance with his own band at Lufest in September. Also on his agenda for the coming year, graduating high school. I asked Ragland how old he is. Uh, I am 17. And so where are you in your school life right now? Right now, I, uh, I just finished my junior year of high school, so I'm getting ready to start senior year. Right and w- where do you do that? Uh, I'm at Webster Groves High School. Yeah. All right. I started playing when I was three, um, and it actually came out of trying to do something better than my brother because he, he had just started playing and then he quit. And so I went and was like, hey, this could be something that I could do better than him. So I sort of took that over and, and started playing. And then. Do you remember having that thought process at age three? I do. I actually do remember having that thought process. I was like, this could be the thing that I do. So, how, how old would you have been when you started writing, writing music? So, yeah, I would have been four at that point. Oh, so yep. pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, what happened, too, was, was when I was, like, six, we started, my dad got this Mac for work, and it had GarageBand on it. GarageBand is an app that comes loaded on most Mac computers, yes. right? Yep, yep. It's a, it's a free program that's, that's on there. And, and it allows you to, to play synthesized sounds of different instruments exactly. or to actually plug in your own stuff, right? Right, right. And so uh, both me and Wes actually started to sort of... Uh, mess around with different ideas on there and just getting getting there you know there are like pre-made loops so we would just make these huge long pieces of music that were just the loop you know dragging loops in and like messing them up but that basically started teaching me how to use a DAW and I didn't even know it I was what, just what's like, that this is the, a DAW is a, a digital audio workstation so basically it, you know it's this these sort of programs are, are standard in, in any studio but this was a, just a very basic version of it but for me, that was just, it was cool because I didn't really know what I was doing at that point. I wasn't like, oh, I'm learning how to do this. I was just messing around, you know. But it was like that drive to just make stuff really led me to 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 learn things that I didn't really know I should learn. But now I'm like, wow, that's great. I know how to do this. Because I think a lot of musicians now, too, don't aren't familiar with the sort of the process of the technology behind so much of music today. And so... Knowing how to how to use DAWs, how to do production and, and stuff like that is really really important. Yeah, it sounds like to me this was all part of the same picture for you in terms of learning the instrument, getting familiar with composing, and familiarizing yourself with the technical end and the, the studio aspect of it. Definitely, that was, seems Definitely. like it was all one one big thing you were working on at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it really was, and I mean, and even at that same time. Um, I remember I bought in third grade, uh, I bought Final Cut Pro, which is a video editing program 
to make stop motion Lego videos. <laughs> and so that, you know, and in the same way, it was like, this is a drive to make stuff. And so that actually taught me a lot about video editing and, and doing that kind of stuff. Anyway, so some of the stuff was just basically stumbling upon just this love of like programs and just being able to make stuff it, it, just on your own time with your own, you know, assets. It's great. Piano has always been something where it's like, this is the this is that you can go into a room and if they have an instrument, you can, you can sit down and play it. You know what I mean? And it's like, even if there's not a laptop, it's there. Um, and it's great. I just think it's something where you got to know how to speak that language before you go over to the language of, you know, computers and, and all that kind of stuff. Cause that's a language too. But some people I think just, just only speak the language of technology, but they're sort of struggling to understand that actual language of music and how to really piece together songs in a way that that makes sense and i think that sometimes it's like that's why uh you find electronic music that's just like so repetitive is it's like there is you're they're stuck really it's like where do we go from here it's it sounds cool now but you know we can't find that next spot and i think that's something where like when you've had formal training it just really lets you expand on that i mean ultimately music is just emotion and i think people do forget that sometimes and i totally forget it all the time i'm just always delving into like how did they record this how did what you know what made this great but i think that sometimes you just have to turn that side of your brain off and just you know enjoy music for what it is When I discovered you uh, one night of the dark room, saw you playing with your quintet, it must have been. Yep. And what I heard that night was what I consider some well in the tradition of, of post-bop jazz. Uh, it was the kind of jazz show you might expect to hear walking into a jazz club. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand that your your recording really has a, a very different feeling to it. It does. And a lot yeah. of different inf- influences that you're bringing in. Yeah. Yeah. Could you speak a bit about, about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So... I've I've been doing a lot behind the curtain. So I mean, I my first production influence was hip hop. I've always been producing uh, hip hop from from a really early age. That was the first stuff that I did. So basically, I would I would like from my youngest years. So you know, I wrote my first piece when I was four. I was messing around in GarageBand, and then I remember in sixth grade, I my father actually bought me Logic Pro, which is basically the upgraded version of GarageBand, if you will. So um, that's a, a a digital audio editing software it is that's yep. at more of a professional level more of a professional level um and so i i remember getting that and then just sort of writing these really long pieces that were sort of orchestra related um because i was really into the idea of like film scoring from a really young age i've been doing that but when i was when i was let's see i think it was seventh grade uh my brother started like really getting into rapping and stuff like that and so he was well he had, he had been rapping but i got into the idea of like i'm gonna make his beats and so but finally i got to a point where i could make hip-hop beats that were passable like they were things that people would use basically to rap over and then delve into jazz basically so i was going for from hip-hop beats learning jazz and then this whole nother angle came in that was like electronic music and like what is electronic music i have this program where I can make, you know, beats, but I can now use this program to make these wild 
electronic tracks. Uh, a lot of the albums that I've got out now are a reflection of just my own influences from electronic music, but also jazz and uh, and hip hop and basically all of that combined into one. But basically figuring out how to bring my production style into my jazz style. That's that's the gist of it. So That's kind of where you are now? That's where I am now. And I think I've done a good job. Um, with, with Peak, you can hear it a little bit. There's just quarterly, very much. Peak, uh, that's the EP that you yes, most recently released most on, recently on the released. occasion yep. of your 17th birthday. Exactly. Right? Yep, yep. Let's think of a, a specific track where we could hear some of this happening. Yeah. What do you think might be a good one? I would say the track Peak off of Peak, actually. That that track, especially for me, is very much a culmination of jazz and electronic because, I, I mean, the basically you have this long uh, kind of chill acoustic intro that is very cinematic. sort of like um, both musically and in volume it builds to these sort of crazy chords so you you just get this sense of a build that leads to the jazz side of the piece with these very complicated chords my goal with this was to try and sort of say okay like we've got this jazz influence that you can hear but like how do you hide that in synths because I think for the average listener they're not going to listen to this and go oh this is jazz but for me, it's like it is jazz because, I mean, the chords are very much out of the jazz style. It's just that the rhythm really tricks the ear into thinking like, okay, this is not, you know. I was really just trying to say this is what it can sound like when you when you sort of sneak jazz in there a little bit. So last year you were invited to play at Bluefest in the band of local artist Mastermind. But this year, if I look at a poster for the concert, it will say Owen Raglan. It will. It will say Owen Raglan. It will say the Owen Raglan Quintet. And uh, I'm really excited about it. This has been something that um, has been kind of honestly mind just totally, totally out of my mind. Like, very excited about it. So if you're playing uh, with the quintet, should we expect the sort of set that we see at the darkroom? You should definitely expect that, but also expect uh, more energy, expect uh, more people potentially. And, and just it, it definitely, it, out of all of the jazz uh, stage artists, I think we're going to be probably one of the more danceable, energetic kind of acts. And coming up for you is senior year of high school. Senior and this year, is yeah. a question that everyone is asked, will be asking you, but mm-hmm. do you know what your plans are for after that? College is definitely something where like I'm I'm looking at different colleges and it's a, it's a it's a great plan for me, but I'm also thinking about taking a gap year and just going out to uh, LA where I have some really great connections. And it sounds like you're you're focused on on music as a career choice? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And for you that might mean performing, it could be I Sitting def- behind the console. Yeah, yeah, no. It could, I mean, it could be a number of these things. I will tell you that I think my my focus is really composition. That is where I, I like. I just love composition, and and that you know, being hip hop production or electronic production or you know any kind of composition, basically anything where I'm writing music, that is where I'm happiest. Performing is great, though. I mean, I love performing. 
Um, I have nothing against it, but it definitely is draining for me. Like I need a balance of writing and performing. That was musician Owen Ragland talking about his pathway into music making and some of his plans for the future. Those include a show with his jazz quintet at the Dark Room in August and a slot at Lufest in September. And this is Cut and Paste, St. Louis Public Radio's arts and culture podcast, produced with help from our editor, David Caceres. Co-host Nancy Fowler is out this week. Back there, you heard some music from Owen Ragland's album Soul Searcher and EP Peak. Our intro and outro music comes from local musician Eric Hall. You can find Cut and Paste at stlpublicradio.org or wherever you get your podcasts.